181 episodes in. Guys, how we doing? We're good. It's Tuesday. Good it weekend. Tuesday. Yeah. Good weekend for myself on a football perspective. Yes, absolutely. Um, Three points richer. Good day on myself on a football perspective. Sure. No, it's been a good weekend. Go back to your weekend. cave, man. <laughs> Two results in a row for United uh, with my dad. And we, we'll see, you know, it's a, but it's definitely yeah. a good little turnaround. It's, it's, so. uh, it's I'm just glad want. you're in we're better climbing, spirits. We're climbing out of this little hole that we Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the dirt doesn't pile back in and, you know. I yeah. just, uh, okay, you beat Burnley. Congrats. It's good this but you know, at a certain point you like to see your you know, like to see your buddy's team get a get a result here and there, you know, it wasn't Yeah, we knew we had a, when Tristan got a win. Actually, season, I think we I'm the only like, one who has what? not gotten that treatment. I'm pretty sure anytime <laughs> I've uh, up Spurs you're like, "Shut up, dude." <laughs> or when they lose and we finally yeah, say, yeah, you're like, "See Tristan, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen at some point." Andrew points. Came in last. <laughs> Not digging out of that hole. Andrew had five. Uh, Connor had six. I also had six. Jalen had seven. Okay, so it wasn't that bad. It was I thought close. It was, no, no, and it was I, close. And I didn't, I didn't copy and paste and no. change. I just no. made my own. You just got to chip yeah, away. You know what I also there did? There I forgot, be an asterisk I forgot to put Liverpool. He didn't, oh, he didn't no. pick the Liverpool game. Did we give it to him in <laughs> no, time I anyway? Just, or I, just put, no? I put zero zero, and, and he and he copy and pasted mine, so he didn't get. So points. I also didn't oh, pick the no. Liverpool game, and it didn't register I in actually, my head. I saw that, and I was like, I wonder if you were doing your typical fence sittery, or oh. you, but I'm like, that's one I feel like he would have picked Liverpool's yeah. way. Yeah, so yeah, that's so like, I, I because I uploaded them late. I. I, I noticed after the weekend had concluded and then i was like well i guess Andrew i would have picked liverpool no points truthfully i would have picked liverpool i so bet not I yeah i would have gotten six points i bet we all would, would have picked have liverpool seven. uh so. so we'll check full standings i don't have my laptop in front i'll of make right sure now, this weekend there's no hiccups but yeah, yeah please and do. again you did you know you, we, you sort points. of did damage control this week in terms of the the deficit but connor's in first right now so i think that's gonna have to be a team effort to try and catch him i don't know how that would even be possible but uh a very Noisy North London Derby, a very watchable, very delectable oh, yeah. game. It pretty much had everything you'd want in a Derby match, uh, unless you're talking to either a supporters group and what you say. It was missing for me two points because my team should have won. No, my team should have won. But um, overall, I mean, my like very loose bullet points of it, since it happened a couple days ago at this point, but uh, a lot of amazing things to pull from this game from a Tottenham perspective, and yet I feel like viewing it as... Tottenham got the better result. Arsenal should be disappointed. I don't agree with that because I think we created a couple big chances for ourselves. Like I was talking to you, Andrew, before we started. Son had a big chance late in the game, too. That could have made the game 3-2. You know, he puts those away a lot of the time. So we made a lot of chances. I think we also scored two actual goals. We looked the better side, you know, like... (laughs) Just saying, we we actually worked to score our goals. It was a goal of build-up. It was a goal of opportunity. So I think it was a little bit... I think people were a little bit condescending towards Tottenham going in, <laughs> if I'm if I'm being quite honest. Uh, if I was a neutral, I think. No, fair enough. I, I think... Uh, sorry, did I... No, please. No, I thought it was an exciting game. I, I don't think there's anything... No one should be saying that Arsenal should have won. Um, I thought they were going to win, but it doesn't mean I think... I didn't think Tottenham weren't going to show up on the day. Um and play play their football, so I thought it's it's indicative of where Tottenham are and where Arsenal are, and they're both, in my opinion, on the same level. They were coming in on the same score tallies as as uh in the previous games, and mm. obviously our Tottenham did have more like well worked goals, but you can't fault Arsenal for being, you know, 
still a threat and, and For get, sure. getting themselves an opportunity to score and taking advantage of them. Yeah, I, w- I will say immediately when you play Arsenal, especially right now, you notice how quickly they're able to win the ball back and swarm you when you win the ball. I, I always credit them for that. Their tenacity from for the entire match, you know, say what you want about Arteta, but this Arsenal side, regardless of what the score is, will always grind and, and run you down the whole game. So I, once again, I was like, man, they, they really just tire you out. What were your thoughts? I mean, did you think, would you say that's accurate? Do you think I should be disappointed? I, I should be happy with the point I got? No, I would, I would say all that makes sense. I mean, from a neutral, well, I don't know if I can really say I'm a neutral anymore. I'm kind of emerging as an anti-Arsenal uh, stand. <laughs> we're so anti-Arsenal. Aren't we all? Yeah. Um, the team you but, love to hate, and and it grew on um what, what day was it Sunday Saturday uh because of because Saka's I'm I love Saka and always have but his little antics they're it's st- funny they're stirring me up on the inside you know when I, I wonder am, what you felt about when I'm that. playing darts uh, and I aim for the dartboard I don't hope that the dart flies off something else and then hits the board <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense right Bakayo because the shot was going out of frame and then <laughs> thanks to Romero's leg so I will say though I'm I love that type of stuff just because mm-hmm. it makes the game great. And also it shows me that even though Arsenal are walking around like they're they've done this big thing last season, the second place award, stripes. like and the <laughs> taking picture with the community shield as their team photo of the year. Like it's all a little bit much for me right now, but it shows me that even though they think we're little Tottenham, they're little neighbors, they're watching our games every weekend. Saka knows about the dart celebrate. Everybody's going to watch our team because we're the most watchable team right now. I think we might not be the best team. We might not be the most, we might have the best depth. We might not be poised to make the deepest runs, but we're the most fun team to watch right now in the Premier League, I think you could say. Maybe you, maybe you disagree with that. City Bright, plays Brighton. Brighton as well. Yeah, but I mean, from from a midfield and up standpoint, I'd also say this too. I think we won the midfield battle that game. And especially in my combined 11, and I knew I'd get heat for it. I did it partially to get traction and maybe get a little bit more. <laughs> and it works, as I said. From, from a, from it is like, a conversation uh, to have, though. Oh, no way Odegaard can't be in this team. Oh, well, my only thing I'd change is Odegaard over Madison. So maybe I give myself some credit after watching those two match up against each other on Sunday because Madison was the better player, assisted both goals, looked the better player. You and I were were in disagreement in terms of whether Odegaard disappeared or not. I'd say I think that's true. You said that might be a little bit harsh, but explain why. Well, I think he does his job as a attacking midfielder and to facilitate the game moving it forward, and that's exactly what he did. It It is up to his attackers to obviously find the back of the net, and he... And he did give them chances. I'm not saying he... I don't think he went completely ghost. He definitely wasn't the Odegaard we saw last season. But it doesn't mean that he's not doing what his job is um, and being creative and allowing opportunities to flow through him. So um, that's where I stand with Odegaard. I still think that he's a player that can change a game on its head. And it's it's a good, it's a good matchup. And so it's fair to say that... Um, you know, there'll be moments where they won't show up. Madison did. I don't. I don't think Madison is a poor player by any means. I think they're very similar, and I just think Odegaard has done it consistently, and is someone that I honestly really like as a player in that you know ego head Arsenal side. So he's pl- he's a player that just oozes class in my opinion, and Madison I think is more of like a a rougher version of that. You know what I mean? Like he was, he grinded it out more at Leicester. So he has, he has the quality and now he's giving the opportunity to showcase what he can do with players in front of him to finish it off. So yeah, they are, they are two like interesting players to compare with like the history that they've had. And obviously if you look at it in the short term, 
I think that's the easiest way to make your Odegaard or your Madison argument is like obviously player of the month, stats that he's producing. It's kind of, I don't want to say no argument, but like Odegaard needs mm, his history. That's his, what I would say. But. <laughs> Odegaard needs his history and like last season to help sure. him. Um, but if you were to interchange the two, I don't know that Odegaard necessarily could do what Madison did throughout his career in a much lesser side. I, I, that's something that I would, so I think that helps them being more on the same foot peg of like Madison is right there. Like he, we've never seen him like be able to play in these forward thinking sides and have the luxuries to do to run forward and do do all these different things as an an attacking midfielder that Odegaard was able to do last season, also previously with Arsenal and then in the other leagues that he's played in. I think it's also natural like the play styles kind of favor that creative midfielder more so than like a team grafting out points um, in the Premier League that matters has always had to do with Leicester. So do you guys think that like if they swap shirts right now, maybe not, but like if one, if they, in the other universe, if matters took Odegaard's path and Odegaard took matters path, like would Odegaard have been able to do the same things that I think that would only strengthen my argument. Cause I think if you switch the two, Madison would be having maybe an even better season at Arsenal with the same very direct, very forward-thinking types of wingers he can play with, and they already have a strong team around them as well. I think if you put Odegaard in the Spurs team, I don't think he's doing the same thing. I think I think he is. What about I, from a more historical perspective, though? I mean, you look, put like Odegaard my, my in a Leicester team. I my, think, argument, my argument's always been that right now that Madison's right. far the better player. And so like, if you think about the timeline of everything, that's kind of where... Not that we're moving goalposts on each other. It's just we've set them up in different places. Like, I, yeah, yeah, you guys are looking at it from a yeah. Odegaard's had a couple very strong seasons in the Premier League on a very good side now, and that I totally get. You really couldn't argue with that. I, you could say just if Madison had found himself on a better side, he could have been living that life. But I mean, right now, I, I that's why I think it's no argument. I think like if you look at it from any angle, it's it's if you want to be a statistician about it, if you look Odegaard has no assist this season. I, I made this point too. I understand like he can be pivotal in the forward movement that Arsenal creates, and I would credit it from that as well. But I'd also argue that if you're in as many offensive positions as he is with that side who possesses the ball most of the game, he should have more assists. He should be directly involved in more goals. So that's the only thing. I mean, and, and form could always change and health could always change, but that's why right now I'm like, it, it, it was... It was crazy to me that that there were so many people who thought that in in a combined eleven it wouldn't even be close that Odegaard every time would be would be put there. And I think that's it's fair to be like okay right now Madison is the better player because he is based on numbers, but we can it, that argument can be easily picked apart because we can look at players in the same positions that um, we know that are like top top class, and we can't just make them feel we can't criticize them saying that they're a lesser player than another player in the same position because mm. they're not scoring more goals or they're not assisting more. We know the caliber of player that Odegaard is, and at his best, I'd say he's better than Madison at his best. I think 100% that Madison would do what Odegaard, or Odegaard would do what Madison is doing in this Tottenham team. I think Tottenham forwards are producing more than Arsenal forwards this season, and last season, Arsenal forwards were producing more than Tottenham forwards were True. across the board. Odegaard obviously directly impacting that and mm-hmm. getting the assist numbers. So I think while it is fa- I think it's fair to say Madison is the better player right now, it, it's the argument itself is I just don't agree with the argument because Odegaard has 
we know Odegaard and the caliber of player that he is and what he's mm-hmm. been able to do. So, yes, right now, fair enough. Your point was proven in the fact that Madison got two assists, adding to his already great month. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like Odegaard, we can't. We, we, we saw Odegaard change this Arsenal team as soon as he came in when they were struggling. Yeah. So we like saw the impact that he had initially, and that's why we praised him when he got selected as captain, and we saw his continuation of... We, we compared him to Kevin De Bruyne last season. We can't True. just like pull he, that away yeah. because he's having... You oh, know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to do that He was the closest whatsoever. thing, probably, yeah. so to, to think, KDB right now. I think it's just, like you said, different career paths. And I think... They those two for obvious reasons are so polarizing in the midfield. It's impossible to watch Tottenham play or Arsenal play without seeing those two pivotal and, and pretty much most of the good that that comes from those offenses. But that would take attention away from how good Basuma was because I thought his second half, I there I, it's starting to be on a lot more people's radar. But I think there's a few pl- Tottenham players who are now people are starting to. They're catching their eye a little bit more because I'm seeing them more shouted out on social media and in the weekly football shows. And I said that about Van de Ven this week. I heard a lot of people talking about how good he's been and how immediately he looked good in that in that side. But I, I mean, Basuma was like unpressable. He's the press literally does not work against him, and I've seen it against some of the best sides and some of the you know some of the bottom sides. But his play is only getting better, uh, and he seems like a pretty durable player too. So it only goes to show how much I thought Conte was wasting what we actually had because he'd never even played under Conte. But, um, I mean, he was fantastic, I thought. I thought he was the best player maybe on the pitch from start to finish, and it was a shame to see Rice go off too. Uh, you know, as, as much as that sort of gave us a better chance to get a point or three points from it, I never want to see a guy hurt. And it is crazy that he's had no health issues leading up until – Ever, <laughs> yeah, and now he'd be, probably a much more yeah. like rigorous. A much more hard, yeah. West Ham. yeah, he didn't like look. Well, even in the first half, I could kind of tell he was like, I wonder if he had maybe pulled something, or I know it was a back injury, but that's tough. Also, uh, Arsenal are infamous, infamously known for like having injury problems throughout like the last ten years. Oh yeah, so bad, like bad physio, bad, really bad physio. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's probably a, improved since like the the meme started about that, but like it's just, it's just funny how do they like keep that in house if they if they fire the head physio person? Is that like a club statement that needs to be made? You I don't, know? don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's statement. That seems I mean, like something they take care of with like a team of mercenaries. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> like oh another injury today, huh? He's like oh my god, <laughs> honey, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell little Tommaso I love him. <laughs> Odegaard came up limp today. I am f. <laughs> Here he left the stadium. He left yeah. the Emirates stadium. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, overall, exciting game, delicious game. And and before we move on, the last topic uh, from a goalkeeping standpoint, because now things got a little bit more interesting at Arsenal. I thought Arteta handled this perfectly because he's gotten rightfully so a lot of questions. He said. My whole goal is to have you know every the two different people in every position that are competing and making each other better. Some very I'm paraphrasing obviously, but wants to have a side that's very deep, and said that it'll be changing a lot. But Rye has now gotten the start in a Champions League game. He's now gotten a Derby start, and those are back to back. And he had a third start. I don't remember who they played his first the first time he had started, really? but so it looks like that's not something that's going away, and. I think, and I'm, we've made this point in recent weeks, how everyone tries to do the city method where it's like, wow, they just have this endless supply of good players they can bring off. But on any other club, a guy who's starting and then is not starting is going to say, well, I could probably be starting somewhere. A guy like Ramsdale is going to say, I need to be getting the England shirt. I could be starting, but if mm-hmm. I'm not... If I'm not starting on a Premier League side, then Southgate's not going to pick me for the England team. So I, I would keep an eye on that in January. I, I, would, I would think that while... 
all is good and they're playing good football and winning games right now, that will be something that comes up in the future. Yeah, it's going to be increasingly difficult to manage that because like players obviously want to see the pitch. They want to be starting. They're not happy mm-hmm. with just bench minutes either. So like Arteta, yes. I mean, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches to come out and just say that. Like every coach wants a deep team, but you kind of have to find that perfect balance of like role players, quality mm-hmm. impact players, super subs so that it really does marry together and you can actually build a team. Arteta from the depth that he has right now, it does look more that'll go in the direction of like creating a bit of unrest in the locker room. I mean, Trossard's another player that like every time he touches the pitch, it's almost like inexplicable as to why he's not starting Mm -hmm. the next match. So as he grows and he's a player that, has kind of spoken out. He wanted the Arsenal Arsenal move, but who knows? Like if Arteta doesn't back him as much as he personally feels, Trossard might be a guy that says something or takes action against the club, and and it's something. It's a fire that Arteta will have to put out. Ramsdale. I think I saw something funny where it's like when when Raya made that big like that big reaching save on the weekend. It looked like a, an actor that was like going. Up for the nominated for the uh, Oscar, but didn't win yeah. it, and he's just looked like, a lot better in the moment. Off. So it's like, I think there's going to be a lot of that. And Ramsdale is the top, one of the top competitors in the Premier League, so there's no going away from him. Yeah, Raya with how he carries himself. One of the statements he made sounded a little bit too like comfortable or cocky, almost like yeah, saying, he was like calling Ramsdale out that he yeah. needs to compete, like regard. And I was like. Well, hold on. You need to back up. Like Ramsdale was the goalkeeper that got them to second. Fan favorite too. Really good yeah. rapport with the fans and an England favorite, obviously. So I mean, this happened with uh, with what's his ass? How long? <laughs> the guy who now plays for Fulham. Uh, his name is Bert Leno. He was oh, yeah. the, roughly their best player that season. You know that it, things were not going well. Granted, at the Emirates, but Bert Leno was their guy. Was for the full season one of the better keepers in the Prem. Then came Ramsdale, and I think. I'm not again. I'm not criticizing Arteta for like calling him knee jerk or anything. Like he went for the better option, and it's worked out. You know, like he's seemed that the goalkeeping has gotten better and better. And I think Raya is a really good fit with this Arsenal side. He was blatant in saying he's really good with you know ball with his feet. Is they're good? They want to play out from the back and be more creative that way. And he fits them a little bit better distribution wise. While Ramsdale might be better, like more of a raw shot stopper, but. Either way, like we're going to see a lot of clubs that need a good keeper, and Ramsdale will be happy, I'm sure, to move. About wherever about the table, you know, that he feels like the job will be good. Uh, I'm kidding. I also think it's a testament to Pep Guardiola and what he's been able to build at City, seeing how he manages all of his players. I think Arteta might be getting too far ahead of himself, like you mentioned, and like embarrassment of riches. Like thinking you can create a culture like that without having it be kind of slow moving. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a great point. Because he inv- like he invested heavily over the last three years. Last year really like show indicating like the depth that they had and the quality they had, but then like like really stepped it up this season. It's like if you don't slow down on the types of players that you're able to purchase while also developing, like Pep does, then those players get their heads inflated and they start to think about themselves like a goalkeeper has to. They're the indiv- they're a huge individual. It's one mm. pi- one position on the pitch. Most competitive position. Yeah. So like but like I think Allowing for comments like that by Raya to be made and not like controlling the locker room more potential and potentially it moving to Trissard's head or other players. You like you got, you have to 
really, really manage the dressing room and these players and what their role is, like you said. So I think that's a huge yeah. testament to you, Pep Guardiola. You, you make a great point about the culture. I think that is the point, actually, is is that's the missing ingredient that really you can't replicate. You can't buy that. You can't just buy a bunch of good players. Never, Even when they're winning games, you know, it's going to become a very crowded locker room. And to that point, it's like Foden. For a while, for I think two seasons, sometimes Foden was having long stretches where he was having trouble breaking into that side. And we talked about it on this podcast several times. Will Foden need to make a move somewhere else if he wants to take that jump in his career? But there, I, there was never any rumors of him going. I don't, I don't think I ever saw him linked anywhere. Or and you can kind of tell when it's bullshit or when it's legitimate. But like, I don't, I don't think. That was somebody who Pep always saw long term, and I think the the Kool Aid had very much been been drank even, at that yeah. point. Even Mares and Bernardo Silva, players that yep. were like they wanted more time, or they like, yeah. they were like rumored to leave, and yep. like they still stayed, and they're still playing like they were three. It's years the best ago. situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's the they best situation. To, and Arsenal, like if they are going to operate like that, like I, and bringing those players, like signing players, Foden, I see it a little bit differently just because he was a youngster under Pep yeah. and, and did mature. Academy guy. So, like, you kind of have a different buy-in from those type of players. But when you're signing players, like, they even signed Tomiyasu. Like, that Arsenal signed to him, and now he doesn't see the field. Like and he was a great even, player. He's great. Kieran Tierney. Yeah, yeah, so, like, you have these guys. Arsenal need to, as Andrew said, not get too far ahead of themselves because, like, they haven't won anything. They won an FA Cup, like, what, three, four years ago. But, like... <laughs> They need to win something. I would have murdered a human to watch my team win an FA Cup a few years Play, ago. Players are not. You just, you're just like, oh, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> what year um, is that? Players are not willing to sit on. There'll be there will be players that are willing to sit on a bench, train, even really high level players. If their if their team is winning, they're collecting trophies. There's really that extra mm-hmm. good vibes to like bring them over the top. But if Arsenal do this and don't get a trophy another trophy this year or maybe even two like that's when people really get upset because they're like why the hell am i here like we clearly not aren't getting good picked enough for a final not getting yeah. picked for a semi-final it starts to go oh this is really when we really need to win this is what you think of me this is how you yeah and just like if the trophy's not there to like go get up on stage and jump around with the guys and like goodbye yeah, right. party and everything like right. if you don't have that to like shut everyone up and be like well we're winning like yeah the objective is always trophies and we're doing that like People are gonna. It's speak like in, up. it's like in FIFA when you do the manager career mode and it shows like certain players like morale. It's like in the middle, yeah. negative or like oh yeah. high. And then like what you say in the press conference does that affects that, and like what you win does. Like it's like that's but just then like, you get the trophy and all the bars get full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like that. Hey, Gaffer, can't wait for a preseason with you in your side. <laughs> Meanwhile, like three months ago, you was like, him. I need to Sell move. Him. I was like, hey, we might trade you for water. Uh, I know you're not gonna love the sound of that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the goalkeeping situation overall has just been very interesting. But yeah. Not to drag it out, did you think it was a, like a handball? Was that a fair decision? Yeah, yeah, fair decision. I thought that, uh, what's his name, brought it down on his arm. And uh, settled White. it, yeah, settled yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of with his arm. That's why uh, I was like really confused. But I knew I didn't watch that. It, it, you know what? If that hadn't been called a handball, that becomes the entire story of the game, and then it almost makes it kind of a shame in that way. And again, I'll say we scored two real goals. I know it's really hard to score an actual goal. Some people need a deflection and then a penalty. But <laughs> uh, on that day, it was just not meant to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, that one I was like, oh, this is gonna. Can we just hurry this up and take the penalty right. so we can in yeah. enemy territory though? Yeah, away from home, brutal. But Perhaps. maybe we'll get some of that our way when we uh we, we play them the fourth to last game of the season so think about the indications that might that game might have not saying we'll still be <laughs> in this crazy race but even if arsenal are chasing Up city there, at that point like we could yeah, exactly so that's sick speaking of city 
We've seen one team in Premier League history not lose a game in a season. I'm not comparing the two clubs, really. That's not the whole point of this segment. But would it be the craziest thing? And, and of course, after we do this, they'll lose next week, of course. But (laughs) they're looking like a better defensive side than they've ever been. They are looking even more comfortable than ever playing. I saw it because I watched them play Nottingham this weekend. And mo- most people watching the game are pointing out, like, the City fans even get excited when they wake up in the morning. Like, they're literally playing a completely different brand of football <laughs> than any other team, especially in the Premier League. Maybe the world, but especially in the Premier League. Like, they really just wake up and control the game from start to finish. They they outclass Nottingham immediately. And Nottingham, mind you, are they're a rapidly improving side, but they were made to look like a relegation side mm-hmm. that game, essentially. But I could... If there was ever a side that I think would not lose a game this season, I could see it being City. Because does anybody look like they even have a shot at a tying them right and getting a draw? You know, like yeah, I, I couldn't mean, see Arsenal getting a result against them right now. To to set it up, like it is such an outlandish thought to look at a season and be like, this team might like really not lose this season. Uh, like that's just crazy. That's harder just to achieve than the treble. Are. Like, but they did the treble, and yeah, just look at this side now. They've only gotten <laughs> twice true. as good defensively. So it's just going to boil down to like, can they stay healthy? I mean, I think in the Nottingham game, they're not even healthy right now, dude. They're going to be De Bruyne is out. Yeah. I I wonder if Pep is like, because there is something to be said about the mindset of like, I already won won everything. What's next? Okay. Now let's have an undefeated season. Let's try to not lose. So like, Obviously, every single game. That's a lot of pressure. But, but imagine it is. But like, it isn't if you. It isn't. It is if you. It isn't if you've won everything already. So like, imagine your only mindset like. This is normal. Like you, you want to win every game, no matter what, especially in the season. But imagine that's like the only thing you have to worry about. Like you don't have to worry about a treble because you did it. You don't have to worry about a Champions League because you did it. You don't have to worry about the league because you already done it. Mm-hmm. You just have to worry about winning every single. Like if, imagine like every single day is like a final. And well, like, that's how Liverpool approached their seasons. Like notorious. That's what they do. Every match is a final, and that's. I mean, they came millimeters from. But like, imagine being an, City an undefeated season. Yeah, they did. But imagine. It, that's fair. That's true. And like now, look at City with the investment that they've made and the, the defensive unit that they have. Imagine just like, I don't know. I feel like if there's there's like a difference from being like, all right, let's win every game to like, we've won everything. We just need to focus. Like, that's all we need to I, care about. I don't about. think you start out with a, that objective, though, because then I think you're not vocally. Yourself, then you're setting yourself up. For yeah, you could, you could be like overanalyzing. They, just, they've also won the league. Like, they've won the league so many times and they've won so many things that when they look at the season, it's like, I feel like it's through just months. They're like, okay, like so there's, we first start and we'll, we'll go, we'll win our first bunch of matches. <laughs> and then it's, and then winter comes and it gets harder. Cause then we'll have champions league. And I remember we had to fly all the way here and then we had to go back for home game. They, they look at it as if like, Oh, what's the most long-term way I can think yeah. about? Like they're probably like, if we did lose a game, it would be, it would be like the early spring period when all of us are on like dead I legs. I don't know and if it would though. Cause like the last, they're so good at, look at closing schedule. out the stretch. You know what I mean? Like, they they don't lose games from December onwards, so they almost have to drop points there to have a chance. I, I just hope they don't win the league again. I so. mean, if they go undefeated and win the league, the Premier League will be probably noted as the largest farmers league on the planet. <laughs> no, there's no way. It's I still mean, it's still got to be Germany. Everyone else Bayern won eleven in a row. Could you? Yeah, that's think fair. about like tripling the amount of in well, a row. Maybe Bayern City don't snatch won. it because Kane's there. Just brings the bad. Nothing mojo. would make me happier than um, that. Believe you me. Yeah. So I think I think it's possible. Invincibles part part two. The, maybe I will say that the modern game. And City, yes, being a very defensively solid team this year, more so than previous years, 
but the modern game is a cruel and punishing game. Like it punishes you with how clinical players are nowadays. I think in yeah. older times, you're more likely like they take teams prided themselves on their defense, their ability to keep clean sheets a lot more. Like that was that was kind of the pride on your chest that you would wear. Whereas now, I think there's just like there's so much chance for that like, one what's, game what's where the you fewest see amount like, of defenders we can possibly have on the field. Right. <laughs> and you, you and Pep is also someone that. Probably isn't going to prioritize that. I know the players might think about it. Maybe it's possible, but Pep, he's going to come out against like Burnley, and he's going to play eleven. He's going to play their C team and not care. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If they're in good enough positions, or, so. or he'll get those losses out in like the EFL Cup or the FA yeah. Cup. I think or he already, I think he made a statement today that he, with injuries, he's like. I, I'm going to just I don't scrap. Care what I'm going to throw the game. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to not compete in the EFL Cup. I, I've, I he's like, I've, I've literally ruined football for an entire fan base <laughs> who will like are going to be numb to anything good forever for okay. <laughs> for the rest of their lives. Uh, and speaking of on the topic of making a team stronger by bringing another guy in, Ivan Tony is currently being shopped. We did a little bit of internet research, found out he's coming back January 17th, right? He can return to first team training. And he returned to, tr- no, he returned to training. Return, he September can play 17th. I already fucked that up. Play <laughs> God, on dude. January. Not sure why he can like train six months before. But I mean, I feel like training is not a problem. It's just a fact of like playing like football. Matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pays me as, as a guy who's been playing a lot of five aside. He's going to come back somehow with a better touch than when he uh, when he came in. But uh, it looks like Arsenal and Chelsea are the two that are leading the pack. And again, this is based solely on what I've seen online. What we've yeah, all seen hearsay. online, yeah, yeah, hearsay. But with Chelsea, it's like yeah, that there's like a ninety five percent chance that's true. Um, and Arsenal are looking for kind of an out and out striker right now, like an everyday guy. As good as they all think Jesus is, and as good as he has been for them, uh, it still doesn't seem like he's the mainstay striker. That's what kind of what people thought Havertz would be is this number nine guy that can go and be this big presence in the box, which about the opposite thing has happened. But do you think you guys think Tony goes in January? Or do you think he Brentford's like no, we're going to keep him, and then we'll in the summer we'll chat. I don't think he'll leave in this. I don't think he'll. Either, I don't see him at Arsenal just because of the depth they have going forward. You don't think he would, but do, no. you don't think he would go to Arsenal and say this is a good move for me? They're good. I can. I can I be a starter there. Arsenal could afford the asking price that Brentford would probably be asking for. Yeah, <laughs> and and Chelsea could, but it's a matter of how much are they willing to spend. Like they already relegation spent. sides don't pay that much money for strikers. <laughs> it would be yeah. a name move alone, dude. It would be a move based on I based think on the, name I think alone. The but. summer would be the time. And who would want to invest in a striker that hasn't been playing games? Todd Bowley. <laughs> yeah, Todd Bowley. Because <laughs> the upsell would be amazing. <laughs> but I think um, I think you would have to wait. I think it would diversify his portfolio. <laughs> I, I think a huge part of this. I think it, I think there's a chance, and I think Arsenal would be the more likely team. It's going to come down to business if they feel that like it becomes a bidding war. Then we have another 150 million right. dollar player on our hands. But but if they're in the hunt, say it's Arsenal one two and City, and Arsenal is a point back or has three points in hand. I mean, Arsenal's ownership is going to look at Ivan Tony as probably the target piece, number one, the piece that gets them the mm-hmm. trophy. So I think that would certainly open the checkbook as to what they'd be willing to pay for a striker like that. Yeah. There is huge risk in signing a player that has not played in six months at, yeah. at a competitive level. 
that would be my first out if Doesn't I was a he manager. Have sort of an injury record to believe he's been hurt yeah. in the past. Yeah, he's picked up a couple injuries, like knocks. Yeah. Where he'll miss a couple weeks or muscle tweaks, but I would say he's fairly durable. For what I mean, he he's a big do. guy, but he also like I think he yeah he, he, then, he puts himself in, yeah. himself in a lot of dangerous yeah. positions. Yeah, so I think that is where Arsenal sits is going to be a leading factor because um, if he can get them across the line, that'll be huge. Um, and then I think the other end of what Brentford want as far as money is going to be a huge factor, but I think that's also going to be heavily dictated by how well Brentford's doing. We're seeing them do very well aside from this past weekend um, without him. And if, if they can continue to do that and and Buemo is the one pulling that yeah, work. Buemo might kind of like that. He might think, yeah, he's a good striker yeah. partner, but now I'm just the striker. Right. So I think if they continue to win games and do really well and they're sitting in a good position, they might demand less for Tony. I'm not saying that it's going to be cheap. Like, it's still going to be 80 mil. Okay, so Caicedo went for, okay, let's, again, I know that he's sort of the pillar, like, oh, well, if he's this much, then he should be this much, the target that people use right now. But how much would Brentford ask for, do you think? If if there was a say, a can't say no price offered to them this this in January, what do you think it would be? You think it'd be 90 mil? I think a realistic th- price would probably be 80 to 90 million. I think 80 mil is like the Brentford can't say no price because you can buy three or four really good players i'm not saying they're brighton but i think i think brentford could be a little bit more choosy than that maybe just i just think maybe they i could, think they could they be. could outlast because chelsea because again chelsea would also be shopping they would also be trying to complete this and they're kind of their only thing they've been able to do is just throw it out on the table in front of everybody <laughs> and just say we'll, we'll we'll pay the number so i think that that's they can come so to the casual. table and do that i think ivan tony it, if he wasn't playing for Brentford, would go for over a hundred million. Considering how many goals he scored, he can score and proven prem score. Yeah, so I think like if you buy him from a different league, he's gonna cost like more he, from. But then you also have club. like he's coming off a like gambling issue. Like there's some off the field. People spend more money. I mean, Barca, Barcelona bought Luis Suarez for like eighty something million, and they. And Abramovich he, was friends with Putin, and he bit, <laughs> and he like bit. Can't people. do much worse than that. Yeah, yeah, social shit. yeah but that's right on now. the field. He at least bit people. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still, <laughs> still like you know, degenerate. Behavior. I guess I think it would be Chelsea because <laughs> Chelsea lost this weekend because they they couldn't bring anybody out. They couldn't bring an out and out striker. They didn't have a guy. No, to no, wait, wait, wait. Bench, Jay's so. not here to defend himself, but they're just kids. That's true. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Jay. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. They are. Oh, Connor was yeah. Connor was on there too. Uh, well, finish your thought. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I think don't also like the him not playing is gonna leave a lot. Arteta's a smart man. I think like if he's paying that much, he you know that that's gonna put a huge spotlight on him for the pressure that that player is gonna have coming in or without buy playing gets in hurt six right months. Away. Like uh, that's just tough. So we'll see what happens. I mean, January is a ways out. A lot can change from there. But Jesus certainly has. An injury history, and it takes a lot for him to kind of find form and settle in. He was really healthy majority of last season, mm. but he's been known to have like be out for months at a time as he already has been right this season. So, and of the thousands of responses to our <laughs> story today, it took hours to sift through. We managed to find one that made us laugh very hard uh, from a friend of the podcast. Talk about Everton's title run. They're off a big win this weekend. They just beat Brentford 3-1. to one. Very, very impressive. What are things equal or more likely than Everton winning a title this year? Football-related. Um, Spurs winning a trophy? More likely, right? More likely. 
Okay, that's big. That's big for the Wait, boys. Well, say that. What was the? What are things more likely to happen than, than Everton? This is to Kyle Kern. Everton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everton winning what? Everton winning the league. That's the league. Oh, I mean, what's an odds? He wants us Chelsea to discuss get, their title hopes. So. Chelsea get uh, relegated. Chelsea okay, relegated. what's a what's a oh, what's more likely? Chelsea relegated or Everton winning the league? <laughs> Um, Chelsea relegated is, I think, more Chelsea likely than Everton winning the league. Is more is more likely than you put them up against City. I City think, will yeah. maybe get 115 fucking points this season. Like you think about yeah. the odds. I think that's the, the craziest odds. one. Yeah. yeah, Chelsea. I guess would if you go to the What's stat more book, likely, it's probably more likely City getting 110 or more <laughs> points, or Everton <laughs> winning the league. Uh, City, City. 110. Liverpool got 100, didn't they? At one point. Oh. They were what was it ninety eight or ninety nine? How many wins was? Do you remember how many wins that oh, took? That's true. You always just we also got almost. He's we, a king of almost. This king of almost. Yeah, that was a season that we would have been invincibles. And uh, no, it was ninety eight that year? Well, yeah. ninety seven was a second place finish. So they don't remember. We're, we're talking about the, their Merseyside rivals right, right now. This is so not so right. So what? Yeah, is City City getting 110 I, points or Everton winning the league? I think it would be more likely City getting 110 points. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, probably I think the ch- I, um, I don't know what else to say. I don't know. I feel like the Chelsea one was pretty good. That was good. Do you think? Do you think in December? What are the odds that in December come on Christmas Day, Everton are ahead of Chelsea in the standings? Oh, that's a good one. Do you think there's any They're chance below the Chelsea are below Everton? I think that's more likely. Would have to look at schedules, but Chelsea have an, everyone's every Chelsea fan is talking about how much worse it's going to get because they have two winnable games. I think one of them is against Burnley, but after that, their their November and their December they play like only top six it's teams. Like, it's like, like Arsenal, Newcastle, City, Spurs. Brentford. We we play them in early November. Like they might not win a game until Christmas. So that dark times. I don't know. <laughs> the worst time of year. I think that could potentially... Well, Everton are one point behind Chelsea at the moment. Oh, so that's... Chelsea have five points in Everton. Uh, by December? Four. Yeah, but like think it from like from now until Christmas. Like I mean, Everton are hitting farm. Chelsea are <laughs> maybe in the word. Like Chelsea are look like they won't score goals what's for your, What's your days. craziest, like, I guess... I think... No, I think... I don't know. If I had to pick one, what's well, more likely? Like, more likely than... Than Everton winning. Than Everton winning the league. Darwin's Chelsea rele- Chelsea goal. relegation is more likely than Everton winning the league. It's probably my craziest one. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. But I th- also think I, I, I also that. think they could Everton at Christmas could be ahead of Chelsea, which would be amazing, would man. Be incredible. That'd and, be amazing. Who, who Dyche ball, Sean Dyche is known to, for getting off to slow starts. The commentators yeah. were touching on that quite a bit. So like. He might, maybe he's gotten he's yeah. shake, shook the rust yeah. off from all the drinking this summer. Tanox the same way. Tanox the same way. <laughs> uh, I, we hope so. the also who's who's the real blues at this point? You know what I'm saying? That's ever dude. <laughs> the, yeah, Chelsea went really generic because they thought they'd always be the best of all the blue teams, but now, <laughs> but now the tides might be shifting. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to start calling Chelsea the Toffees. So start calling them candy. <laughs> now you're going to be a soft candy we give to children. <laughs> if you get relegated, you're the Toffees, and we get to be the Blues because they'll have that new stadium too. The new stadium will. But I don't actually. I think they're in like yeah, quite a bit of debt think, trying to build that. So yeah, I don't I think know. They got approved though. They probably they get the a groundbreaking ceremony. Yeah, but, but like it hasn't started Someone yet. Someone stuck a shovel in the ground and took. A yeah, picture. yeah. They have, it's we like, bought this. It's like, our, it's like Rhode Island FC's uh, stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bowley would probably yeah. do that. He would probably sign their like name and brand over to just absorb them, just swallow them whole, add it to the portfolio. 
Howler of the weekend and baller of the weekend. I feel like I always go first, so Connor, end of the day, we'll go first. Yeah. Um, Howler first. Howler, then baller. Howler, I don't know who it was, but the commentator on the Liverpool match kept calling Ryan Gravenbert. (laughs) Gravenbert. Gravenbert. (laughs) Gravenbert. No, 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 it wasn't Bert. It was Berg. Gravenberg. Oh, And it's Gravenberg. How did he sound? We can get Tristan to do it. Oh, you want me? Gravenberg? I'm, I'm doing the Graham Lasso because Graham Lasso called Cody Gakpo Cody Kakpo. Uh, or Capco. That's him. what he was saying. He was on Capcar. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's it's not Capco. And and whoever is standing next to him should nudge him and be like, it's not the fucking name. Well, I thought, like, I thought that would happen. Like, yo, stop saying Capco, dude. That's like, like not even Look close. at the paper. It says it. He was like, well, he he's like one of the best players. His notes down wrong. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't get corrected, and I heard it like three or four times. Gravenberg. It was Gravenberg. <laughs> Gravenberg. <laughs> it is crazy that, you it know, is. like pick up a fucking FIFA controller for once, man. Yeah, but that won't happen if you play a little more video Read games. Read his shirt, man. You're in the stadium. <laughs> I know you're like, far away. Just but. like, dude. You know, he's not saying Gravenberg is Jalen, okay? Because he plays FIFA, so he knows True. that it's not Gravenberg. Yeah. He's been getting that FIFA card so that, for 10 years now, probably. That's my howler. Um, howler of the weekend is a Sheffield Classic, losing <laughs> by more than five goals. Holding eight the nothing. snowman. Yeah. Um, eight to eight nil. Phil Weatheringham or Paul Pot- Potteringham or whatever his name is. <laughs> Sandberg. Damn. Grant Dotteringham. Sandberg. <laughs> now, what's the goalie's name that uh, I couldn't? You kept saying like. Phil Weatherington or something. <laughs> you said like, yeah, you said something like that, but his actual. Grant Hobrington. Is I think he was team? in there the whole. It's Sheffield, yeah, yeah. Sounds like train stations. Yeah, he was the because he was the guy who definitely had like that red card against Tottenham because he touched Foddering Wes Fodderingham. That's what it is. Wes, what's your power of the weekend? Uh, mine is Bakayo Saka throwing a dart after scoring a deflected goal. That's Although after, twice, I rate it. Yeah, yeah. Then the penalty, it's like that's that's one thing. He's but. done the Rashford celebration too. But dude, the dart doesn't work for a deflected goal. Like I, I like Saka. I don't. No, I do too. I, he's like he's a part of the rivalry. I like that he does the dart. Yeah, thing, it's you know? good. Like, it's good wind up. It's my howler, but I love it. It doesn't come from like no a place like, of like it's like you know, oh those guys like we're gonna get them. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, not like Darwin. Darwin's like you want to smack him. Darwin, you want to tug his little ponytail? <laughs> he's all vibes. You want to just pull on his hair? He is running. <laughs> he is vibes. Uh, okay, baller. My baller of the weekend. Oh, it's tough to go. You didn't. You didn't pick one. No, I. I have one, <laughs> but like, I've, oh, I've, really I've already chose. I've already chosen him, so I'm like, I don't want to pick the same guy again. Okay. That guy. You've already picked him, and you can't pick. You can't pick the same well, guy. Matomo was big for Brighton, and I've already picked him yeah. this season. So I'm gonna go with Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones. He uh, standout player <laughs> okay. in the Liverpool side. Pep Linders praised his work rate, his ability to bounce back, but he was just very influential on the day. Um, We've been saying he needs to turn up in this Liverpool side. He, he can't been. be the young guy anymore. You know, he's got to be. He's been playing a good amount, right? Yeah, he has been. He's been a starter. So uh, he's my baller of the weekend. Love it. Coming from midfield, from the Mighty Reds. Right on. And, uh, mm. Another Liverpool guy. I could have said Joe Gomez, but he really would have. I'm going to say you're going to hate mine. Go uh, Joe Mez. Johnny Evans. Nah, I actually respect that. I that mean, finish was crazy I I from Bruno, Bruno but, but I already picked Bruno one weekend. It, it was Johnny Evans with the assist. Johnny Evans with the assist, um, clean sheet. Obviously, 35, 36 years old. Dude's old for the Pretty soon the you're, game. You're going to call him signing of the summer. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I just thought <laughs> he's yeah, in like, contention right now. Fair play yeah. to him. Um, learned, um, right? start, starting that match as well alongside Lindelof. 
It's just um, you just love to see that stuff yeah, too. You it's do. easy to clown on him when they're getting beaten by Arsenal and he comes into a very struggling United side. But it's like the opposite is true when he gets an assist and then the post game is really nice. They had, he had a great interview. It's like when Phil Jones got his first like official yeah. start after like four like years of not playing. One player that looked ready that day. Yeah, he looked when, the best. It's like when they. It's kind of unfortunate because it's it's only when they get a win things are this way. But I think when they get a win too, people are more appreciative of like his history with the club and his yeah. history with the game too. Like he's been yeah. a defender in the league for a very long time he's been a good defender for a long time too he's won titles in this league mm-hmm. played for that Leicester side didn't he he did yeah, yeah. him and Robert Hooth he won an FA Cup no how about that son no that, I don't think he played that was Wes Morgan Wes Morgan he played yeah. alongside uh I could have and yeah McGuire, yeah yeah, yeah that's right that sucks <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually McGuire. was good. he was good for us. Yeah, he was, he was horrible. horrible United, he season. was like, I thought I lost to McGuire. Yeah, <laughs> here we are in the same team. Uh, my ball of the weekend was Guglielmo Vicario. Oh, he was good. He was fantastic. Yeah. Another incredibly under the radar signing, but that's all I'll say. I'm just you know, got to make this Todd. At least he's not the DJ, or the dude. rapper. <laughs> Oh, man. R.I.P. to that guy. He didn't yeah. die, but he just left the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not R.I.P., but R.I.P. to his time at Tottenham. But, uh, yeah, the, and, the, his the, and his rap really. career. The backup rapper in France days were <laughs> ultimate vibes at Spurs. But uh, the first save he had, the fingertip save, I don't remember who had the attempt, but it was a ball that was crossed in. I'm, I'm thinking, Lloris, that goes in on Lloris every single time. Not to, like, bash Lloris or anything, because I actually wish he'd stay on as a backup more than anything. But. Yeah. That's clearly not something he wants to do, and so it's been harder to find them a home. But Vicario's but dude, he had that, a really nonchalant, amazing save on Saka. He's young. He's like 21 or 22. He was him. cheap from Italy, too. Fabrizio, a closeted Spurs fan, was like, oh, <laughs> this is such a good signing for Spurs. Way under the radar in, in Syria. 26. Yeah. I was way off. I but mean, us podcasters do like to get way too far ahead of ourselves, but he was with good, how man. he plays, he kind of reminds me of like a young De Gea. Just because he's like a spider and that he was has getting compared to Allison, shot stopper. I was seeing I a lot he, of Allison. Does he have Allison's feet? He's pretty good with the ball at his feet. I'll say yeah. he's extremely comfortable as well. I think that might be what's drawing more of the comparisons. But he, we had a bad giveaway in front of goal in Saka, the last guy he'd want the ball to have. But he had a huge save on Saka. Yeah. The thing yeah. was, it wasn't like he was screaming at anybody after he clapped his hands and he said, "It's all good." Thumbs oh, up. I saw. Like, yeah, I saw that. Dude, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a moment of like yeah. extreme maturity for a keeper where Tristan's it's like. like Dude, I don't recognize any of this. TV. It's all so foreign to me. But and I know that's the thing for a keeper to scream so hard his eyeballs are coming out of his head at his defenders. Yeah. But there's a time and a place for that. And mostly Vicario, I think, has been like phenomenal, well bonded beyond yeah. his his years. But and that's it. That wraps episode 181. Pleasure as always. See you all soon. Thanks for joining the Howlers podcast. Comment your thoughts on this episode on all of our social media platforms. Till next time.